those out for me. I appreciate it. He's got our outline. Uh, preacher asked me, oh, I don't know, probably a month and a half ago if I'd teach, and I told him, sure. And I said, what are you teaching on? He says, well, he says, I think I got a book on faith I want you to teach. And I said, okay. So I started going through some of my stuff on faith and looking at some of the stuff, and, and uh, he gave me the book on faith, and, and uh, it's, it's Dr. Sexton's. It's his material out of Crown, and it's excellent material, and I like teaching it. And uh, so it really went along with what I'd been studying, my personal devotions on faith. And, and faith is such an important part of our life. I think a lot of times we uh, lose sight of really what faith is and how important faith is and uh, what faith is all about. So we're going to kind of look at this. We're going to be, we'll always start out probably in, in Hebrews because they're going through kind of the faith thing. But we're going to be bouncing around them because he starts in Hebrews and then, then he goes over to whoever we're talking about in, in that faith. So today we'll start in Hebrews chapter 11. And as you turn there, I've got some scripture that I want to pass out that uh, before this really has nothing, well, it has something to do with it, but it's not really the lesson. It's just something that I went through and looked at and that I want to pass out and look at faith real quick and then we'll get into the lesson. So I got about seven verses here I need some readers for. Uh, Sister Betty, if you'll turn to Galatians 2.20. Uh, Sister Gloria, if you'll turn to 2 Corinthians 5.7. Uh, Brother Ken, if you'll turn to Hebrews 11.6. Uh, Brother Bob, if you'll turn to Hebrews 12.2. Uh, Brother Bart, if you'll turn to Romans 12.23. Uh, Marie, if you'll turn to uh, Ma uh, Mark 4.30. I got one more. One more. Jason, turn to uh, Luke 8.25. The first five of these are talk about faith, and then the last two are questions that Jesus asked about faith. And I think we need to really have a springboard to go into this thing at and really understand faith. Faith and obedience are hand in hand. You can't tell me you have faith in God and not be obedient to him. That's impossible. And you say, well, wait a minute. I got saved through faith. You did. But then the Bible goes right along with that and says, and we were obedient to him. I think we have that with a lot of problems that we, we get saved and then we feel like, well, it's my life. I can kind of live it the way I want to and just kind of squeeze God in. And that's wrong. We need to be 100% sold out to God. Be totally obedient to what God says. And I think we miss that a lot of times in our Christian life. Read for me Galatians 2.20, please. Okay, I am crucified with Christ. I am dead. I live only through Christ. And it's through the faith of that obedience I live. Is basically what that scripture tells us. So faith and obedience, you got to have it. Read for me 2 Corinthians 5, 7, please. 
We walk by faith and not by sight. I think we don't understand that scripture sometimes. It's we plan our day, our year, our week, our whatever, our life out. And we walk by what we see, what we achieve, what we accomplish in this life. Whether we're successful or unsuccessful, whether we make money, we don't make money, whether we're happy or not happy, we all base it on what we see. And that's not faith. Faith is what we don't see. Faith is putting our life and trust in somebody that we do not see and trusting him totally with what he wants to do with us. Read for me Hebrews 11.6, please. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Without faith, we cannot please him. So let me ask you the question, are you pleasing him? Well, I got faith, I got saved. That's not what that scripture says. My life is totally a faith life. That's what it says. We're to please him by our faith. How pleased is he? Read from Hebrews 12 too, please. That scripture right there, you could spend the rest of the 13 weeks on that scripture. Author and finisher. He started it, he'll finish it. It's all through his death, his life, what he did for us. Our faith in that. He's the author and finisher. Read for me 12, 23 Romans, please. That might be it. No, that's not it. Now, that's it, I'm sorry. Yeah, whatsoever is not a faith is sin. I use that a lot when I used to teach young people and they come up with different things and I said, well, where's the faith in that? Well, there is no faith in it. Well, then it's sin. And they didn't like that. And we don't like that. And, and, and it's so true. Whatsoever is not a faith is sin. Read for me, Mark. These last two are questions that Jesus asked. Mark 40, or 440, please. Did I give that out? I didn't give that out. Sister Betty, turn over there for me real quick, will you? Read for me Luke 8, 25. Did I give that one out? All right, Jason. Huh? Uh, 440. Jesus was talking to his disciples and he says, they're in the storm. We all know the story. And he says, where is thy faith? What would he say to us today if he was to come in this auditorium and stand here and look at us in the eye? Would he ask, where's your faith? Would he ask that? Or would he look at you and say, never so great a faith have I seen. He's talking to his disciples that walked with him, ate with him, slept with him, prayed with him, touched him. They had a trouble with faith. Read for me 440, please. No faith. Little faith and no faith. I think that's where a lot of us, 
we, we dwell there a lot. And, and myself, I raise my hand. It's, it's, we struggle a lot with it. Over in Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to read uh, the first uh, four verses, and then we're going to go to Genesis. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the day. We thank you for your love and your mercy. We thank you for your grace. Lord, I pray you'd be with us as we study this uh, faith. And Lord, as, as we put our faith to the test, and Lord, we see what you can do. God, we just ask that you build our faith, guide us and direct us. We ask, touch hearts, for we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11, the first four verses. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Now that tells us right there that God created us out of nothing because the next phrase says, So the things which are seen were not made of the things which do appear. In other words, there was nothing there. God just spoke it into existence. In verse 4 it says, this is, this, is, this is where we're going right here. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained a witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet spake. By faith Abel offered. Let's go over to Genesis. Genesis chapter 3. We're going to be in chapter 3 and 4. I like, I like Brother Sexton starting at the beginning, right out where it starts. Jason, turn over to Matthew 23, 35 for me, would you please? God made a statement, and he says, by faith, Abel. By faith, Abel. And it's written there, but Matthew 23, 35, I like the statement that says there. If you read it for me, Jason, please. The righteous blood of Abel. God looked at this. And as we look at this, we've got to go back in time and we've got to think about Adam and Eve. We've got to go back to the beginning of time. And the thing I think a lot of times we, we, we don't comprehend is how smart Adam and Eve were. They weren't some ridiculous caveman wallowing in the dirt, killing animals. They were very, very intelligent beings. God didn't create them stupid, and we evolved. God created them very intelligent. Adam named every animal. He looked at a giraffe, and he said, that's a giraffe. He's got a long neck. He looked at the water buffalo, and he said, that's a water buffalo. He looked at the ant, and he called it an ant. You, you realize the intelligence that these people had to have. God didn't create them stupid. We look, at, we look at history, and history says, well, cavemen, and look at the drawings. And look, I don't care what history says. I'm telling you, God didn't create two morons back here. God created two very intelligent beings when he created Adam and Eve. And their sons were not stupid. Their sons were intelligent. And, and, and so we, we look at this, and, and we look at this, and we see two sons. We're going to look at it. Two sons that were born, and two different ways they went. And it, it's amazing that as, as we go through this and as we, we read this, it, it'll, it'll, 
it opened my eyes to a lot of things. Hebrews chapter 3, let's start in verse uh, about 14. Genesis, rather. I'm sorry, not Hebrews. Genesis. Thank you, Linda. And the Lord said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly thou shalt go, and the dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Now, this is after the fall. This is after Adam and Eve fell. And this is what this is God talking here. He met him. He looked for him. Remember, in the garden, couldn't find him. And he found him. They hid themselves. And God find him, found him. And he asked him why. And they said, because we were naked. And he said, who told you so? And he said, we ate. So this is what this is all about here. And I will put envy between thee and, and the woman and between thy seed and her seed, the promise of Christ. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception in sorrow. Thou shalt bring forth children. I've read that and I've always wondered that. How would children have been born if they wouldn't have fell? Would it have been painless? I don't know. Because that's part of the, the curse on the woman is the pain of childbearing. I don't know. The Bible doesn't go into it. I've always just thought that. Thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, gentlemen, get that, unto the voice of thy wife, thou hast eaten of the tree which I have commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground, thus a curse on, on man for what, what happened. Cursed is the ground for thy sake, and sorrow shall thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns and also thistles shall, be, shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat of the herb of the field." In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread. Thou shalt return unto the ground. From out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and dust thou shalt return. Here's the curse. We see it. We understand it. They fell. They ate of the tree. God did what when they fell? God talked to them. God explained it to them. God, God took them and showed them exactly what. He just didn't say, you guys messed up and that's it. You're out of luck. I don't know what you're going to do now. He didn't do that. And that's an important lesson for us to see here, to understand what happened to these two boys. Then it goes on here and it says, did I give Romans out? I didn't give it out. Uh, Betty, turn to Romans 5, 5, uh, 512, would you please? It, it's... It's a very interesting thing that God says, this is what I want you to do. In verse 20, it says, Adam called his wife Eve because she was a mother of all living things. On over to chapter 4. Read for me, Betty, uh, Romans 5, 12. I meant to give that out. I'm sorry. Okay, according to that scripture, in Romans, we all sin and we all have sin in our lives because of this fall. We're all sinners. We all are. Adam and Eve were sinners. Abel and Cain are sinners. All the children from Adam on were sinners. All but the Lord Jesus Christ. Every man that was born, every man, woman, child that was born from Adam all the way down to the last couple that has a baby on this earth before Christ comes and destroys it all, the end time, are sinners. All except for Christ. He's the only one. That's important for us to realize that. So when we are teaching our children 
about sin, we need to explain to them. We need to sit down with them. We need to talk with them. We need to go through and just not assume the Sunday school teacher did it. Just not assume the youth worker did it. Just not assume they got it in school. Just not assume. We assume our children into hell. We assume that they know things. We assume. Adam and Eve were taught. God said, this is what I'm going to do. This is why I'm going to do it. This is what's going to happen. Adam, this is what you're going to have to do. Adam, you're going to have to sacrifice. Adam, you're going to have to show. Adam, you're going to have to teach. You're going to have to show them what's going on. And Adam did. Look at chapter 4 and verse 1. And Adam knew his wife, Eve. Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I've gotten a man-child from the Lord. She thought here, from back over in the other chapter, she thought she had received the promise of the Messiah. She thought that. She got a man-child. God said there was going to be, this is what was going to happen. And in her heart, God didn't tell her that. And in her heart, she was hoping this was done, this was over with. That here's, here it is. But look, let's go on in verse 2. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the soil. Abel means vanity. She looked at Abel and says, I don't know why I got you. I already got to deliver. That wasn't true. So here are these two boys born to Adam and Eve. One of them is a keeper of the sheep. The other one is a tiller of the ground. Both good vocations. Here they are. They're born to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, again, were not stupid. I'm sure Adam and Eve sat down with their children and talked with their children about this faith. About how important this faith is. I'm sure they explained to him about the fall, about what happened to mom and dad, about why we can't go in the garden. Why is that cherubim there? Why is that flaming sword there? Why can't we go in? I'm sure Adam and Eve told them. I'm sure Adam and Eve told them about the serpent coming to Eve and how he, he, he told her that it was all right. I'm sure they told about taking the fruit off the tree and Eve taking it and biting it and giving it to her husband and he ate it. I'm sure they said mom and dad failed. Mom and dad sinned. I'm sure Adam sacrificed. I'm sure they taught this. Let's go on. In the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel also brought the fat, the fat firstling of his flock and the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and unto his offering. Two sons, two different sacrifices. The Bible says, so then by faith, so then faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Do you think they heard it? Yeah. Do you think they understood it? Yeah. Then why two separate offerings? Why did Abel come in and offer what God wanted, and Cain come in and brought what was cursed of the ground and brought it to God? 
for by faith. Hearing comes, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But it's how we are when we receive that talk, that explanation, and how we apply it and how obedient we are with it. We can tell people all the time, this is what I want you to do, but if they're not obedient to it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Two boys. We express our faith by declaring the Bible to be the Word of God. We affirm our absolute confidence in the Bible, believing every word of it to be the true record, without error of the, of the, without error of the written revelation of God. We declare our faith by acting on what we know to be the revealed will of God. Faith, the will of God, and obedience. Three of the most important things in our life after we're saved. Faith to go on and live. Obedience to do what God says and to follow his will. Are we doing that? Here are two boys were taught, told. I'm sure Adam and Eve taught them, told them the truth, told them what happened. They taught them exactly why they were sinners, taught them exactly why they needed to do what they did. They told them that sin had entered into the world. They told them about the covering. They told them that they were naked and, and undone. And God did what? He slain the animals, the animal, to cover them. The blood had to be shed. To cover their sin. They told the boys that. The boys might have said, hey, why are we wearing these animal skins? Well, because we have to. We're naked. And God doesn't want us to be that way. Because we sin. What do you mean sin? I'm sure Adam and Eve explained it to them. They knew all about it. They knew. Look at Genesis 3. Chapter 3, verse 21. Unto Adam, also his wife, did the Lord make coats of skins and covered them and clothed them. Is it important for us to be dressed? Has to be. If it wasn't, God wouldn't have done it. Is it important for what we do? Absolutely. I'm sure that these boys knew that. They understood it. They comprehended it. They knew what was going on. As parents of Cain and Abel, I don't think they told the boys one thing, told Cain one thing, and told Abel another. Then why did one bring the offering that God wanted and the other one that didn't? Why? Why? No faith. He heard it. He understood it. But he says, in myself, I will do as I want to do. I will go and be what I want to be. I will do and give to God what pleases me, and he will take it. We're that way. God says, I want you to live this way. I want you to live godly. I want you to live holy. I don't want you to do this. I don't want you to watch this. I don't want you to dress this way. I don't want you to do all these things. I want you to live holy. And we say, I'm going to do 
what I'm going to do. I'm going to dress. I'm going to watch. I'm going to go. I'm going to be what I want. Oh, we've heard it. But do we hear it? Are we obedient to it? Here's two boys. Look at Adam and Eve. Now think of this. We blame and we have this today. So how much harder is it today in our society? They had no TV. They had no radio. They had no disc players. They had no friends. They had no anything outside the world. They didn't have any of that. They had nothing but each other. And yet, that boy missed it. He missed it totally. How much harder is it today? How much harder is it today for us to raise our children to raise godly seed? And we've got all this garbage that we've got to put up with. Adam and Eve didn't have that. And yet, he missed it. He didn't see it. It wasn't important. I can do as I please. I can go as I please. I'll give him what I please. I'll be disobedient. Abel was faithful. He heard what his parents said. He understood the teaching. He comprehended and had the faith that God wanted. He had a flock. The flock of Abel. In verse 4, 1 through 4, it talks about it. And it says in, in verse 2, let's pick it up there, of chapter 4. And again, she bears, bear his brother. And Abel was a keeper of the sheep. But Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel brought the firstling of, the, of his flock and the fat thereof. That little phrase there, the fat thereof. That's an important little phrase. You know why? It tells us, if you study that out, it tells us that he brought, he went to his flock and he took the first, the best, the top. And he brought it to God, but the fat thereof. To get to the fat of the lamb, what did he have to do? He had to slay it. He had to shed the blood. He had to open the lamb up on the altar, and God saw the fat thereof. He, it wasn't the fat, it was the blood. He shed that blood, the fat thereof. God had respect for it. God saw it, and God says, I had respect for him for what he did. And he looks at Cain, and there's Cain. Cain's life. And God said unto Cain, Why art thou wrought? Why are you mad? We learned that a couple weeks ago in, in, in Jonah. Why is thy countenance fallen? He said the same thing to Jonah. Why does, if it does thou well, wilt thou not, if thou dost well, will thou not be accepted? God said, If you do what I ask you to do, you will be accepted. Now look at here. God himself is talking to this young man. It's not going through the preacher. It's not going to. It's God himself is talking to this young man. And he says, this is a mistake. If you do well, will it not be accepted? He's giving him an opportunity, a second chance. Will you do what I ask you to do? If thou dost well, all right, if thou dost not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, 
and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is thy brother Abel? And he said, I know not. Am I, favorite thing. Am I my brother's keeper? He killed him. He killed him. Here they are, two brothers. One heard what the parents said. By faith, followed. Was obedient. The other one heard, but didn't hear. Came to God any way he wanted to and gave him whatever he wanted to give him. Is faith important? Absolutely. It was the faith of Abel, Abel that led him to bring the offering that he brought to God. It was Cain's lack of faith in God that led him to bring the offering he brought. Each brought an offering. Abel went and picked the best lamb for God. Cain went and picked the best vegetables for God. Not obedient. No trust. No faith. I'll do what I want. I am self-willed. What I give him, he'll take. All of us reveal what is in our heart by our actions. I am sure Cain's offering looked pretty good. But it was not right. It wasn't what God required. God wants us. The Bible says we're a living sacrifice. We're to give our lives to God. You say, Brother Chuck, I got saved. That's not what it says. It says I'm going to give myself, my life, to God by faith. That God will take me from this day to whenever and do with me as he pleases. To do anything with me he wants to do. To be, go, do, no matter what. That's his choice. And I'm to have faith, be obedient, and trust him. What if you have a stroke? What if? What if God takes everything you got? What if? It's God's anyway. By faith, I serve him. It's not by what I make or what I give or what I can have or what I can achieve or what this world can give me. That has nothing to do with it. It's what God gives me. It's by faith. If we can grasp a hold of this thing, what our faith is really to be, and how obedient we are to be, it'll totally change our Christian life. We walk on the fringe of Christianity because of lack of faith and lack of obedience. We walk outside. God says, if you'll come in and you'll come next to me and you'll do what I ask you to do and you'll live separated, consecrated, holy unto me. I'll show you things that you never, ever thought. I'll give you things that you never thought if you'll do it. But we're like Cain. I'll give you what I want you to have. I'll give you. What's left? I'll give you whatever. God says, no, it won't happen. Two boys, both of them taught. Both of them knew. Both of them were taught exactly the same. 
One of them accepted it. One of them walked with God. One of them died. One said, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to put my faith in Him. I'm going to do all that God wants me to do in my life. The other one said, I'm not going to get that serious about it. I have a good way. I am a good guy. I have my own ideas about religion. I will give God whatever I want Him to have, and it will be okay. The first one died, and the second one wished he could have died. You go on and read the story about it. God talks to him. God punishes him. And he says in in verse 13, And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from the face shall I be hid. I shall be a, a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth. And shall come to pass that every one that findeth me shall, shall want to kill me. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whatsoever, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken upon him. The Lord kept him, marked him, so it wouldn't happen. And marked Cain, lest finding him, he should be killed. A man that could have walked with God, the God gave him a second chance. God says, this is what I want you to do. And he says, no, I know better. I know better. By faith. Abel gave his offering. What are you offering God? God says, I want you. I want your life. I want what's left of it. You say, Brother Chuck, I'm 60 years old. I'm 75 years old. God wants what's left. Give it to God. You might say, I'm 30 years old. You might be Jason. How old are you, Jason? 24 years old. Jason don't know. His grandmother could outlive him. We don't know. But Jason could live another 60 years. The Lord don't come. Jason could say, from now on, it's all God's. What I am, where I go, what happens in my life, it's all his. By faith, Abel trusted God. Are you trusting him? Obedience and faith, they go hand in hand. Let's pray.